He was the real-life inspiration for the title character in the most influential novel in 19th century America, but his story is largely unknown. On today's episode, we'll learn more about this amazing, faithful, once-enslaved man. Welcome to Exploring History with Ray Notgrass, a production of Notgrass History. Hi, I'm Ray Notgrass. Thanks for exploring history with me today. The sad memories and difficult effects of slavery in America are still with us. A book that challenged the slavery system and had a profound impact on the effort to end slavery in this country was Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe, published first in serial form and then as a book in 1852. Stowe's novel was a huge bestseller and made a deep impact on how people in both the North and the South viewed slavery. Uncle Tom's Cabin is a novel, but Mrs. Stowe conducted extensive research into the realities of slavery and the efforts by many Americans to free enslaved persons especially by means of the Underground Railroad. Because of widespread interest in the novel, and especially because some people questioned the truthfulness of her portrayal of slavery, soon after the publication of her book, Mrs. Stowe published another book called Key to Uncle Tom's Cabin, in which she listed the sources and real-life examples she used in constructing her narrative. The enslaved person who Mrs. Stowe cited as the inspiration for the character of Uncle Tom was Josiah Henson, who lived for over 40 years as an enslaved person in Maryland and Kentucky before escaping to freedom in Canada. Henson published his life story in 1849. He and Stowe met later that year, before Mrs. Stowe had written Uncle Tom's Cabin. Henson endured cruel abuse at the hands of his owner, and that contributed to the narrative about Tom in the book. But even more, it was Henson's patience, hard work, personal character, and Christian faith that inspired the character of Tom. After Henson gained his freedom, he assisted over 100 other enslaved persons to achieve freedom in Canada. He helped to start a community called Dawn in Ontario, Canada. There, hundreds of formerly enslaved persons received a new dawn of freedom in their lives. Henson worked for over 50 years, first in the cause of abolition and then in helping black Americans and black Canadians enjoy equal rights. Henson became a minister and preached effectively in North America and Great Britain. Critics sometimes treated him harshly and unfairly, but Henson demonstrated his Christian faith in his dealings with others. The author and filmmaker Jared Brock conducted extensive research into Henson's life. Brock has written a book and produced a one-hour documentary on Henson's life and influence. Our son John recently interviewed Mr. Brock for Homeschool History. The interview touches on Henson's life, Brock's efforts to increase contemporary appreciation for Henson, and offers Brock's perspectives on what this story can mean for us today. I'd like for you to hear this interview now, and then I'll be back to make some closing comments. The 
Hello, everybody. I'm here with Jay Brock, an author and filmmaker that uh, I've gotten to learn about recently and uh, watched his film about Josiah Henson. And that's the person we're going to be talking about today. So welcome, Jay. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. I'm always thrilled to introduce Josiah Henson to teenagers. Awesome. So how did you find out about Josiah Henson and get interested in the story? Yeah. So I was in a bookshop in Florida about six years ago, and I saw a copy of Uncle Tom's Cabin on the shelf, which is a hugely famous American novel. And it's the novel that Abraham Lincoln jokingly said started the Civil War. And uh, whether that story is true or not, that's what the legend became about the book. And my wife had been wanting to read Uncle Tom's Cabin for a while. So I bought it and put it in her stocking for Christmas. She read it and was really moved by it. And uh, I'm a documentarian and author, and so I'm a naturally curious guy. So I started doing a little bit of research about Uncle Tom's Cabin, and I came across this one line somewhere on the internet that said, uh, the character of Uncle Tom was inspired by a man named Josiah Henson. And I was like, I've never heard of this before. So I, so I started researching Josiah Henson, and I discovered that his house, where he escaped to Canada, was less than two hours from my own home. So on a blazing hot summer day, my wife and I drove to Dresden, Ontario, and we visited Josiah Henson's actual cabin. And we learned about this incredible man who won a medal at the first World's Fair in London at the Crystal Palace, who rescued 118 enslaved people, who's, you know, he, he escaped with his wife and four kids walking over 600 miles with two of them on his back um, on broken shoulders. Uh, he he um, was entertained at Windsor Castle and the White House and the Prime Minister threw him a party and just like all these crazy stories. I was like, how have I never heard of this man? And um, yeah, he was just like this godly Christian pastor who was a pacifist and, and just was all about freedom. And so I was so inspired. So I ended up retracing Josiah's journey from slavery to freedom. It took me over uh, 5,000 miles. Um, I visited all, all the way down to New Orleans in July without air conditioning, which was terrible. And uh, I got to visit all the plantations associated with his life, including two which are in private hands, one of which is still owned by the slave owner's descendants to this very day. They hadn't let anyone on the property in 40 years. So I was really blessed to be there. And yeah, I ended up writing a book about Josiah Henson called The Road to Dawn. We made a PBS documentary called Redeeming Uncle Tom. And I'm just thrilled to share Josiah Henson's story with everyone because it blew my mind. And everyone who hears about it, they're just their faces melt off with how crazy and wonderful this man's story is. Yeah. So I know Josiah himself wrote a, an account of his life. And so what other sources did you use going back to learn more about his experience? Yeah. So Josiah actually was functionally illiterate. So he tried to learn to read as a boy. There was another another neighboring boy named William Bell who tried to teach Josiah how to read. And uh, Josiah eventually got caught with a, a reading book and uh, he was severely beaten for that. And the little boy William was actually sold south because the plantation owners in Maryland did not want their enslaved people to, to become literate, to become free. And so Josiah didn't learn to read until he was a free man in Canada when his own son Tom, 12-year-old Tom, taught him how to read. So Josiah um, was a preacher, but it was all memorized scripture. He would hear it from a, a pastor or a minister, and he would he would memorize it. So he eventually learned to read, but he never learned to write. So he was eventually interviewed by a former mayor of Boston. And that man wrote a little tiny autobiography for Josiah. They ended up publishing, I think it was like seven or eight editions over Josiah's life to fundraise for different things, to 
one of the times he fundraised and used the money to buy his brother's freedom. Another time he fundraised money to build a church in his eighties. Like he, he was always re-releasing it um, to, to raise funds. So that was, that was a, obviously went through all of the versions of, of his biography um, interviewed experts, um, all the, you know, plantations all over the place. Um, uh, the Josiah Henson homestead in Maryland is actually now, um, it was, it was Isaac Riley's plantation. It's now called Josiah Henson park. And so interviewed all the great people there interviewed lots of Josiah Henson's descendants. Uh, remember that we are connected to history and there's over 200 Henson descendants still alive today. So I've met lots of them. I've been to two Henson family reunions and there's lots of ministers in the family and, and lots of teachers. And so, and then of course, spending so much time on 150 year old newspaper clippings on microfiche reels, just burning my eyes out as I'm just like staring at this screen. So uh, yeah, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of documents. This is the first time that Josiah Henson's most, like probably 90% of the story has been in one place for the first time. It's been kind of in disparate spots all over. So I, I really saw it as my job to like bring it all together into one kind of coherent story. I, I, I hope I've succeeded. Mm-hmm. Well, the documentary was best fantastic. So you definitely uh, captured it. And I haven't read the book yet, but uh, you know, the documentary does a great job. Thank you. Telling the story. Uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe, when she published Uncle Tom's Cabin, she got a lot of criticism from people mm. in the South saying it wasn't realistic. And so she wrote a follow-up called The Key, The Key to Uncle Tom's Cabin. Is that right? Yeah. And does she talk about Josiah Henson in there? Yeah. So Harriet Beecher Stowe was this godly Christian woman. Uh, her husband was a, a minister. And they there was something called the Fugitive Slave Act that got passed. And basically what it said was, if you harbor help, assist a slave as an escaped slave in any way, shape, or form, it's illegal. It's the equivalent fine of like hundreds of thousands of dollars and you could go to prison. Harriet Beecher Stowe was furious about this. She actually hired a former slave to be like her house help, like helping with dishes and cooking and babies and stuff. And when they found out that they were now criminals for this, they were like, forget that. And they helped the woman escape to Canada. And she just, she was so angry about this, just like godly Christian fury. And her, her um, siblings they were like, you're such a good writer, Harriet, write a story about this. And so she started reading real stories of people who'd escaped and told their stories. And so she did all this research to then write this powerful novel. And um, one of those sources was Josiah Henson's little tiny um, biography. And so when she wrote this, essentially a giant bibliography called A Key to Uncle Tom's Cabin, she decided to, to fight fake news with hard facts. And she mentions Josiah Henson eight times. She says that he is one of the main inspirations for Uncle Tom's Cabin. There's a lot of there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences between their two stories, um, but there is enough similarities that you're like, oh, like if there's clearly overlap between the character of Uncle Tom and the real man Josiah Henson. So in 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 some sense, Josiah Henson's story and the stories of hundreds of others. That's what ended the Civil War. It was when the stories of real people were exposed to the masses, when when the masses got to see the abuse and corruption and violence that was being perpetuated against millions of people. When that reached the consciousness of the world, they were like, oh, my goodness, we have to do something about this. What's really interesting, John, is Abraham Lincoln, 
when he was penning, when he was doing his draft of the Emancipation Proclamation, which was the document that freed three million slaves, he actually, the Library of Congress record shows that he borrowed a key to Uncle Tom's cabin during the exact few weeks that he was penning that proclamation. He had Josiah Henson's story near at hand when he signed those pen strokes that freed three million people. It's, it's really inspiring. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, there are a lot of plantations in the South that you know, try to preserve history. And there can there has been a tendency in the past to try to downplay the reality of slavery and you know act like it wasn't really that bad and you know a lot of the slaves were happy. Yeah. In your in your research and your documentary, you highlight that it really was awful and uh, you you bring that out. So why why do you think it was important to really be honest about the the grim reality of slavery in your in your work? Yeah, I, I think it's so important that it, it, it's the whole saying, if we don't learn from history, we're bound to repeat it. Humanity is still incredibly violent. To be clear, there are more slaves, there are more people currently enslaved today than at any point in human history between sex trafficking, labor trafficking, human trafficking. We have not dealt with this. You know, there's a billion people still living in slums. That number is growing by a million people a day. We still have so much work to do um, to love each other well on this planet. Um, so I'm not under any illusions that humans are any better than they were 150 years ago. Um, but Josiah Henson's time was horrible. And these plantations weren't just in the South. Remember, Josiah Henson was in Maryland, right? He was walking distance to Washington, D.C. He was a market man for his master selling produce in the nation's capital on a daily basis. Like that's not a Southern plantation. You know, it's a, it's a big problem across America. He He's eventually sold to Kentucky, to Owensboro, Kentucky, on the Indiana border, on the Ohio River. That is very far north to have slavery. But, um, you know, so slavery has existed everywhere. It still exists in lots of places. Um, I didn't want to be one of these authors that's going to sugarcoat the facts. For Josiah Henson's part, he was once beaten by a neighboring overseer named Bryce Litton. Uh, he beat him with a six-foot fence post. And he shattered both his collar, either his collarbones or his shoulders. We don't know what exactly, but Josiah was never able to raise his hands above his head for the rest of his life. He had to lean forward to put a hat on. So, so he bore the physical scars of of his enslavement, just a brutal beating. And they never like set his bones properly on anything. Um, really interesting. I was reading through um, Longfellow's journals, the famous American poet. And uh, Longfellow was a supporter of Josiah Henson. He really liked Josiah Henson. And his, his first journal entry, when he meets Josiah, Josiah came to his house to ask for support for the abolitionist effort. And his, his Longfellow's journal entry was just so heartbreaking. He's One of his lines, just a throwaway line was, um, this man had the rheumatism. All the ex-slaves have it. Just this, these creaking, aching, arthritic bones. Just they were treated like like dogs like animals they were just worked to the bone worked to death and and just and just just as poet just like gently saying like this guy was arthritic just like every other former slave i've met it just it really to me that line just really stirred in my soul the idea of like we cannot sugarcoat this at all the beatings that he took the scars on his back the scars on his head like yeah it's just we 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 need the next generation to understand what they are capable of, what we are capable of, what we've done and what we will do. So I didn't want to shy away from that at all. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're talking about the importance 
of learning from history yeah. because that has real implications for our lives today. It's not just it's not just an academic topic. It's not yes. just theoretical. It, it has real practical applications. So, you know, you mentioned the slavery that continues to exist in our world today. So why is it important for us to learn from people like Josiah Henson and Harriet Beecher Stowe? Why, why should we study their lives and how can we try to learn lessons that we can apply to our lives today and how we treat others around us? Yeah. So, so it's important to remember that we are so closely connected to history, right? Like there are people who, alive today who are in Nazi concentration camps, right? On my film tour, when I was in Louisville, Kentucky, I met a very, very old African-American woman in her 80s whose own grandfather had been enslaved. Her dad had had her when she was quite old and her father had him. We are two generations away from the civil war and slavery. There are people still alive today whose grandparents were enslaved. That's a mind-blowing thing. So, you know, when we look at when we look at the situation in America, Black Lives Matter and all these protests and all these rallies and the fact that there are millions of Americans still fighting for basic things like healthcare and human rights and 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 uh, well, even on Twitter today, um, there was a black couple that did an experiment. They decided to ask a realtor how much their house was worth, but they had a white couple friend pose for it first, and then they got a reevaluation with them owning it. And the difference was five hundred thousand dollars in the in the asking price. We have so much work to do as a society to create equality of opportunity, equality of of education and healthcare and jobs and all this stuff because we are still so close to slavery. It, in the blip of, in, in the space of history, slavery just happened. And if we're only three or four generations removed from it, it takes a while to like get that out of the system and get a whole group of people back to level ground. So it is important first and foremost to say that like we, we still have exploitation and we're still close to former exploitation. The big story of Josiah Henson's life that inspires me so deeply is the moment where Josiah and his family get to the Niagara River. I actually found the exact spot where Josiah crosses into Canada. It was such a special moment to discover. There was this really kind Scottish captain who offers to pay to send Josiah and his family across. But he asks Josiah a question. He says, are you going to be a good man? And Josiah replies, I will use my freedom well. So Josiah Henson gets to Canada. He could have just settled into a comfortable white picket fence lifestyle. He was super good with money. People loved him. He was well-spoken. He was a businessman, super entrepreneurial. He could have just really settled into a really comfortable life. But instead, what does he do? He travels again and again back to Kentucky to rescue more people. He travels overseas to lobby on behalf of, you know, to end slavery. He, he is bold and he works hard his entire life. I've read Josiah Henson's will. He was okay well, you know, decently well off at the end of his days when he gives money to his kids and his church and stuff. But he, I've looked through the records. He made significantly more money than he ever kept. He started a brickwork. He started a rope factory. He started a lumber mill. He started a school and churches and all sorts of, he was very entrepreneurial, but he used his freedom well. So for me, the question is, am I stewarding my freedom well? Am I using my time, talent, and treasure on behalf of those with less than me? That's our calling as people of faith and just as people of goodwill. Our calling is to steward our freedom well. So that's the big lesson of Josiah Henson's life that I want everyone to know. Because if we don't do this, society just falls apart and we'll be back to square one all over again. Yeah. 
So where can people go? What's the best place for people to go who are interested in your book or watching your movie? Yeah, so so josiahhenson.com is the best way to find the, the film, to find the book. Um, my name is Jared Brock, so people can check out my other stuff at jaredbrock.com. But yeah, everything Josiah Henson related is at josiahhenson.com. Awesome. So any final thoughts you want to share about your how Josiah Henson's life has impacted you or things you can encourage our, our listeners to think about as they as they grow up and as they take their place in the world and try to use their gifts and talents to make a difference. Yeah. I think, I just think the big thing is um, you already at a young age as teenagers have so much power. Like if you guys look through history, almost everything that happened in history, like big movements was, was young people, whether it was, you know, getting out of Vietnam, whether it was the 12 disciples, they think, they think most of them were under the age of paying the temple tax. Only Peter had to pay the temple tax. So they were likely all teenagers. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was likely 16 years old. Jesus is preaching in the temple at 12 years old. Samuel is 13 years old when he's called into being a prophet. The Bible is full of young people doing epic things. David killing Goliath. Like all these amazing stories of young people. Um, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, all young people. Um, All the movements, the Welsh revival here in the UK all young people. It's incredible. And so I just think don't wait until you're old. I love um, I love the verse in Timothy. Don't let people look down on you because you're young. Set an example in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Do that and you can actually inspire your parents, your grandparents, older people to make a difference in the world as well because you're starting to lead now. So definitely don't wait for like life to start in the future. You likely have more influence now than you ever have because you're so networked. You're so connected. So figure out your passion, figure out what God's calling you to do, and then just steward it so well. Amen. Fantastic. Well, this has been great. And I do encourage people to check out uh, the film about Josiah Henson's life and your book. So thank you so much, Jay, for doing the research and then sharing that with us so we can benefit from us. So we wish you and your family all the best. And thank you for sharing this time with us. Thank you. The title of Jared Brock's biography of Josiah Henson is The Road to Dawn. It is an excellent treatment of Henson's life and impact. I feel a need to warn you that it describes some harsh details of slavery and includes a few quotations by Henson's enemies that use harsh language. You might also disagree with some of Brock's ideas about how we should respond to the legacy of slavery today, But in terms of Henson's life, it is a real eye-opener to the story that once garnered headlines in this country and overseas. The documentary that Brock produced is called Redeeming Uncle Tom. It is available for purchase on Amazon Prime. The documentary is rated for viewers 13 and older. It discusses some hard realities in Henson's life and shows some shocking photographs of enslaved persons who have been mistreated but it does not include inappropriate language or graphic portrayals. The program does not place a great emphasis on Henson's Christian faith, even though that was a big part of his life. Brock does make this emphasis in the book. See the show notes for this podcast for links on how you can watch Redeeming Uncle Tom. In attempting to tell the story of American history, textbooks sometimes condense or leave out the background and full story of key events. Admittedly, it's impossible to include everything that happened in a one-year survey of American history. I'm glad that Uncle Tom's Cabin is assigned reading in Notgrass History's Exploring America curriculum for high school 
because it was a pivotal book in our nation's history. The story of Josiah Henson gives us more background information and sheds further light on the realities of the practice of slavery. It also serves as an inspiration for what one person motivated by faith, justice, and freedom can accomplish. I'm Ray Notgrass. Thanks for exploring history with me today. This has been Exploring History with Ray Notgrass, a production of Notgrass History. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app, and please leave a rating and review so that we can reach more people with our episodes. If you want to learn about new homeschool resources and opportunities from Notgrass History, you can sign up for our email newsletter at exploringhistorypodcast.com. This program was produced by me, Titus Anderson. Thanks for listening.